hello, hello, and welcome to episode 77 of Cutscene Combos. We have got an absolutely rammed week. Starting off with a character. Pro Why are you laughing? He's just laughing. the way, just the way you said rammed. rammed. Yeah, like I knew so you were a much, child. So much emphasis. Like 40 years old, by the way. Rammed. Uh, character profile on Nick Fury Jr. Final thoughts before we go into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem film. Barbie is continuing to break records. We've got another update on the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes, as well as a busy Nerd News Network before we wrap it all up and debate Infinity War versus Rogue One. But for all that good stuff, Horizontal, how has your week been? Um, rammed. <laughs> rammed. It has actually been <laughs> a busier week. Uh, I mean, I got my... Finally, finally visited the Barbers and no longer look homeless which is yeah. honestly the the difference walking out of the barbers with a fade after i've not had one for like four months felt amazing like a whole new person felt human again um <laughs> and then go what else has gone on uh my mum uh well the car that i use i use my mom's car but it was in the garage and unfortunately was in for a few days that was rough oh no the yeah. mot didn't go smoothly mm, no pretty much uh phenomenal yeah go about now but yeah one of those and then what else work just work's actually picking up again now um editing work and some cool projects on the horizon for kcp um for big ones that are i am excited to get to work on uh and then what else has been going on gaming a bit i've been i just feel like i've been busy with work work's kind of like picked up again out of nowhere and nature of the job you do isn't it yeah and it's just finding that like i'd got used to like the quieter balance and now i'm like okay now i can't just game in the middle of the day anymore <laughs> i need to be efficient with my time so yeah been uh, been on that but pretty much my week work um chilling when i can how's uh how's the land of the working been for you it's good i mean it's actually okay but i'm, I'm still living on cloud nine because i managed to secure my limited edition spider-man playstation 5 oh yeah go about that so here's the thing anytime there's like a release thing normally it's like concert tickets jenna deals with that She's very adept at that. She knows how to do it. She doesn't get that flustered. She just does it. Yep. I don't normally do this stuff. So I'm there at 5 to 10 on the website, getting ready to get this. And I'm like, cool, I'm here. I've got an account set up. I've got everything I need. I'm golden. Hit refresh at 10 a.m., nothing. I'm like, oh, maybe I hit refresh like a second too early. Refresh, 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 refresh. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm like, shit, am I on the wrong web page? <laughs> I bounce around loads of different web pages. I find the article where they say where stuff's going to be sold. And it's like, in the UK, it'll be sold on our direct website and with partners. I'm like, oh no, have I misread that? Do they mean in the UK, it will be sold on our website or with direct partners? Maybe I need to look on games website, go to games, bounce back, back, back. Decided by five past ten that they are all already sold out. And that I defeatedly go back to the PlayStation website. And it refreshes in front of me. 
Nice. And I'm like, oh, they were just five minutes late. Really <laughs> um, and I proceeded to get it. Um, so that'll be here on September 1st. Exciting. Um, which will give me plenty of time to make sure it's all set up and good to go before the game's actual release. Nice. Um, I I will never not laugh at console companies, though. So they are only selling... So the console itself is mm. only being sold as a disc version of the PlayStation 5. They weren't selling digital versions with the covers on them. Okay. But as part of buying the package, you get the game. Okay. As a digital code. <laughs> What's the point? What? You'd also think, like, it's cheaper for them to make it the digital version. Or maybe they've just got so many disc ones that people haven't wanted. Because everyone wants a oh, digital they, they version. Just, they just reskinned them and they're yeah. them back out. Smart. Um, but by looks like my estimation was right. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to struggle to get that. Mm. And my logic was a lot of people who will want the side panels and the controller yeah, will already not... have a PlayStation 5. So instead of buying a whole new PlayStation 5, they'll just buy the side panels and the controller. Yep. Um, and by looks like that was the case, because in about 30 seconds, apparently, the side panels sold out. Damn. Yeah. And apparently Insomniac have said they don't think they'll be restocked. Well, yeah, why? Like, I mean, if you sell it in 30 seconds, well, I think I think you could get away with one restock. Do you know what the um, smart thing would be to do is buy the, like you have, the, the special edition PlayStations, buy basic PlayStation panels and then sell the Spider-Man panels at a premium on eBay or something. Not a bad idea, to be fair. And then sell the PlayStation at normal price. Um, but yeah, so that is secured. And for the first time, I'm going to be living the ultimate gamer experience of having the latest generation Xbox, PlayStation, and a PC all at the same time. Such a nerd. I never thought I would be that guy. Do you know what you're missing? Unless you oh. have one, a Switch. I don't have a Switch. It's been on my... I don't think I need a Switch, mm. but I do need a handheld gaming device. No, no, no. You need a switch to complete the the, the pyramid the, of the, the the problem is I need to stop spending because properties <laughs> yeah properties aren't going down in in the no no properties in the local area have become a little bit more affordable oh so if we tighten up a little bit it might be sooner than you not thought. that far off the horizon and as a general rule they only look at last like three to six months of spending so mm. I need like six months of not buying like. <laughs> a new microphone or a new controller or a new games console or something outrageously expensive. <laughs> this is where there's like some special edition switch comes out that you, you just you need. Don't. Anyway, um but yeah well, that's been it's been an okay week. Um had a up and down weekend and that's back to work. Oh, yeah. Um but we're we're good. We're here with Ivan. Um character profiles are the bane of my existence when there is not a show or something happening in the Go big bad film. world. Yeah, it's it's it can be rough out here because I'm like, well, who do they want me to talk about? Do I talk about one of the big heroes that a lot of people already know about, or do I choose someone so obscure and not even being discussed that no one is ever going to find it? Mm. Um, 
so I've decided I'll just do a late one on uh, the main character of Secret Invasion, Mr. Nicholas J. Fury Jr. Jr. Um, so, Nicholas Joseph Fury Jr. first appeared in Battle Scars number one in November 2011 as Marcus Johnson. This is the Earth 616 version of Nick Fury, just so we're clear. Okay. Um, his identity was revealed in Battle Scars number six, April two thousand and twelve. Right. Um, born CIA agents Nia Jones and Nick Fury. Marcus Johnson. I'm sorry, I've missed misput that there. He was born to CIA agents Nia Jones and Nick Fury Senior, and he was given the name Marcus Johnson. As a cover name. Yeah. After becoming pregnant, Nick Senior became nervous that Nia and their unborn child would become a target of his enemies. So he convinced her to leave her life as a CIA agent behind and move to Atlanta and change her name to Nia Johnson. Marcus grew up and lived a normal life, but was a pretty talented footballer. However, he turned down scholarships to instead enlist in the army where he served for a number of years on tours of Iraq and Afghanistan alongside his best friend, Phil the Cheese Colson. Um, after Nick Senior's enemies discovered the existence of his son, they started hunting him down. Oh, sure. um, him and Colson were attacked by Taskmaster and some others, other goons, but Captain America and S.H.I.E.L.D. agents stepped in to protect them and whisk them away into protective custody, essentially. Uh, Fury, oh, sorry, Marcus then escaped protective custody as he could tell they were hiding something from him and didn't feel comfortable. Um, he was then attacked by his father, who was in disguise, as a way to... because. He was trying to scare him into hiding so that he'd be safe. Right. Um, Nick then followed him back to his base, found out that it was his father, and learned all of the information about what had happened. He was gotcha. angry, but he understood why his father did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. At which point they were then captured by Orion's men. Orion is the person who was after Nicholas Senior. Right. Um, as a way to taunt Nicholas Senior. Orion ordered Fury's left eye to be cut out of his head. Um, Fury Jr. then managed to find an opening and escape from the lair, um, leaving his father to die, essentially. Um, However, he took on the name of Nicholas Fury Jr., which was his birth name, but he accepted that as his name. Yep. Um, and carried on his father's legacy. Um, and the interesting thing is, you kind of rolled your eyes when I said 2011, because you're like, wait, we'd already seen Samuel L. Jackson, though. Hmm. So, this is the Earth 616 version. Mm-hmm. The Nicholas Fury that we have in the MCU as early yeah. as 2008 was based off Nicholas Fury of the Ultimate Universe. Right, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what we have essentially in the MCU. Right. And then he was so popular there, they gave him a slightly different story and put him in Earth 616, gotcha. which sounds very backwards. It does, but 
Um, essentially, the reason that Marcus was being hunted was because his father had a basic kind of super soldier serum. It wasn't massively potent, but it just think of it as like a um, you just you're a bit stronger, you're a little bit quicker, you heal a little bit better, you age a little bit slower. Yeah, like a light, you got to pay for the full experience. <laughs> um, and as he was conceived, um, it was in his bloodstream, which meant that unlike his father, he didn't need regular injections. His body was able to create the serum and replenish it. Ooh, which is why Orion wanted him. He wanted to drain his blood to find the key to recreating this serum. So where's the serum? Exactly. Um, and Fury Senior essentially created an opportunity for him to escape so that Orion wouldn't get this. Mm-hmm. And Orion had to drain Fury Senior's body of all of his blood, get even the trace amounts of it, so that he could rejuvenate himself enough to survive to fight another day. Interesting. And Nick Fury is a very interesting character. Um, famously, he was played in the eighties by um, the Hoff, oh. Hasselhoff, um, which was based on the original Earth Six One Six Nick Fury. Then, in the Ultimate Universe, when they were trying things, they gave us Nick Fury Junior. Right. Who, I believe, the original design was based off of Samuel L. Jackson. But like in a very legal, like oh no, this person might accidentally represent look like someone, but it's a complete yeah. accident. Um, and then that was used to cast him in the MCU. Then the MCU version created the Earth Six One Six version. Um, I know the MCU is Earth Six One Six. Yeah, which just makes it really confusing because <laughs> I I sit here and go, he made his first appearance in two thousand eleven, and you're like. He was in Iron Man in 2008. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is Nicholas Joseph Fury Jr. I, uh, I like how him losing his left eye is his canon event. Yeah, 100%. If he's not got an eye patch, he doesn't look anywhere near as cool. Yeah, valid. That's why Paris is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's why pirates are so cool. Are you, are you disagreeing? Wrong. That and the peg legs. Yes, definitely yeah. the peg legs. Yeah, hundred percent. They they done been proven since day one. Disability is not something that limits your ability to do anything. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Yes. We okay. Like, I don't want to blow our own horn. Okay. The second we saw the first teaser for this, me and you were both in messages going. Oh shit! This looks. This is gonna be good. Yeah. And ever since then, they keep on finding ways of raising my hype. I yeah. don't think a film has had more potential to upset me. Than Spider Verse. Ever. No, because I knew Spider Verse wouldn't miss. What about the first the one? Fir- no, the first one I wasn't expecting much of. True, because like, oh, it was like it looks yeah. cool, but let's see if it can do something. Yeah. Then the second one, I knew what they could achieve. And I trusted them to pull it off. Yeah, fair. I yeah, I'm trying to think anything. The only other thing that I've been close to was like the Flash, and that did disappoint. So like that's the only scary thing. Maybe the Batman. 
because we hoped that that yeah there was and, a danger the batman could have been really disappointing but i guess at the same time we didn't know what to expect yeah but no i think you're yeah you're right and we are both very much hyped for this and it's like we it seems hard to believe that this will flop in any way but obviously like if it did like it would be the biggest disappointment if it wasn't what we hoped it, it, it's one of them things where i only seeing this flop is if just not enough people go to the cinema for it doesn't make it a bad film situation yeah like um the live action power rangers reboot in like 2018 that was not a bad film mm. just not enough people went to the cinema to see it so it did shit and i know everyone's like oh well clearly it wasn't a financial success then it's like but yeah, there's a real problem with um in the cinema now you can't have a cult classic anymore and i mm. read it i actually saw an interesting article about this because if you actually look at a lot of cult classics, they didn't do well in the cinema, which is why it's a cult classic. Yeah. So it's like it just becomes this tiny film that not many people ever saw. It and is. then with the dawn of the internet, you had then people who did see it and love it, they were able to find each other. And then you yeah. this little community managed to build on the internet, um, which over time then convinced more people to see it or whatever. Mm. Or it would go on a Netflix and you'd be able to watch it. Yeah. But now you'll get a film done by, say, Disney. Yeah. It'll go to the cinema, it'll do shit, they'll put it on Disney Plus for a year, no one will see it, it'll get taken off of Disney Plus, and then it is never seen anywhere else ever again. The ability for it to be a cult classic is gone. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I don't think we're going to have that issue. I really this. hope not. I, I do. Really, really hope I not. think from the, the success that Spider-Verse has had, a lot of people are more open and excited for like animated films. And I think people also, you've got to look at it as like people are kind of a lot more interest. Like after Barbie and Oppenheimer in a way is it reinvigorated cinema a little bit because people are like, Oh my God, some great films coming out in the cinema might be more inclined to start looking at what's coming out again. Um, but yeah, like you said, since this is released, like it seems like every other week, another bit of information comes out, and we're like, "Holy shit, that's such a smart, really cool thing they've done." I mean, the thing you sent the other day of like, oh, one of yeah. them, one of them's wearing an anime jacket because yeah, the so voice actor himself is like really into anime. In 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 a still from it, you've got Donatello is wearing a uh, what is it? It's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure hoodie. Mm. Or it's yeah. a reference to that. Um, and apparently they took that design inspiration because the voice actor for Donatello is a huge fan of the anime. Which is... That is... That's such like... So, so good. That's exactly what we said about Spider-Verse. Like, the artist put in such small, fun details that literally, in the grand scheme of the story, play no part. But, like, they just add to the character of the film. And not that this will be a selling point to me or you, but a reason I think it will be a f success mm. or a part of the reason it will be a success. Mr. Beast has a role in this film. Yeah, so you send me a thing about that. I yeah. wonder, after you said that, I was like, hmm, I wonder how, but they're often, we've seen in the trailers, they're like recording each other, quite clearly going to be making like, youtube there's videos gonna, there's gonna be an animated mr beast video they watch at some point it's yeah it's either gonna be something they watch or somehow there's like he shows up and well you've 
got to remember they're 12 or 13 year olds in the year 2023. They're watching yeah. Mr. Beast. Yeah. Um, another thing to note while we're talking about it is um, he was doing a bit of promotion for the film mm. um, and people were accusing him of crossing, crossing picket lines. Um, he has confirmed that because he's not under Saga Aftra and he was a contract that was agreed before the strike, it comes under what they've said. They don't expect, yeah, they're like they understand that he doesn't have a choice, he has yeah. to do it. Um, otherwise, he'd be in breach of contract and then could have own repercussions for him. And because he's not part of the union, there's not he's a not, lot he can do. Yeah, he's not protected to not do those things, exactly. Yeah, um, but I mean, there is no reason to believe that this film is going to be anything less than superb. I've seen some early reviews mm -hmm. saying things like spider-verse might not be your favorite animated film this year anymore which is bold but i mean there yeah. will definitely be people who prefer this it's just because of the nature of the different stories and there might be people who prefer this um and it's got 95 and 95 percent on rotten tomatoes from people who've already seen it oh. it's, it's, it's uh, just gonna be good it's so good i can't wait there's like so many things that we keep hearing like there's some press thing that they'd done and they talked um they were talking about how usually in animated films it's like just one the actor on their own in a booth they've made it like they've had it so it's like all four boys are in the booth together and it has that like energy and dynamic like they've put way more thought than a normal like they're really wanting this and to be a good like they're really putting the effort into this animated film and it's like I, I'm I mean, let's just, sure it's going to show. Let's just be clear. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is easily a multi-billion dollar franchise. Yeah. What what self-respecting pre-teen to young teenage boy and girl doesn't get told, okay, so I've got this cartoon about four Ninja Turtles that love pizza and waffling. What, what self-respecting pre-teen doesn't go okay i'm interested continue oh it's come on <laughs> and it's like and they're setting it in like 2023 like it's, it's just gonna hit it's gonna be so so good i can't wait it really um, like, I, we are i do think it's good we are gonna come out of this and we're gonna be like they're like this in spider-verse both like the same level but like have their own per like it's going to be so hard to say like one's better than the other i think um, um we said last week um there's also rumors that a sequel and a tv series with yeah. the same actors has already been greenlit so clearly internally they're all very confident it's going to do well they've got an absolutely loaded cast well yeah they've been so smart about it. like they've picked Four relatively unknown actors to play the young turtles, and then they've just stacked everybody else because, like, why not? And they've stacked it with actors that are like kind of of the vibe of teenage, like, they're yeah. all like either comedy or way more laid back. Like, they've got Post Malone in there, yeah. Like, and Jackie Chan being Splinter is like honestly the, only the best decision ever. It's a casting I wouldn't have considered, 
but the second you hear it, you're like, but of course, who else would it be? Well, well yeah, it's like, it's one of those where you don't consider it because everyone's kind of like, oh, Jackie Chan's essentially done. Like, he's not really been doing anything anymore. Like, he's had yeah. his, he's moved past being the artsy, like, has his own uh, stunt yeah, companies his own and stuff. studios and production and shit. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, of course. Like, who, who else are you going to have to be the per- character that teaches turtles kung fu? Of course. Right. It's, it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah. Like... Um, and I've got a feeling next week we're gonna, or in the ne- in the coming weeks, we're gonna have to have a real conversation about Seth Rogen and his inability to mm. miss when it comes to this medium. Mm. Um, because there's, there's a calling. pattern merging. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway. No, interesting. Barbie continues mm. to break records. It does. Um. So it's projected to break a billion by this weekend. Which we said one of the this or Oppenheimer was going to break a billion. It it was wrongly anticipated that one of them was going to do it. Yeah. Um. I think I presumed Barbenheimer. Because uh, sorry, Barbenheimer, <laughs> Oppenheimer, <laughs> because it was getting so much buzz. Mm. Um, but um, I just think because of the part of the internet I'm on, I thought Oppenheim was getting more buzz. But in reality, yeah, the marketing was for both of them. Mm. But Barbie's a much lower commitment for someone to go watch a film. Well, yeah, that, and also like, it seems a lot more fun. Going into it, I was the same as you. Like I think because we're so into our films and TV and stuff, like a Christopher Nolan film. Oppenheimer, it's getting all this buzz, like it's an incredible, like, oh, this is just going to break records. And like, sure, Barbie is as well. But then when you think about it, actually, it's like, Barbie as a brand reaches far wider than like Christopher Nolan and his films. And it's like, no matter how like great his, like Barbie as a brand is going to be like the mum that isn't that fussed about cinema is like, oh, Barbie film? Sure, I'll take the kid. Like, yeah, it's just going exactly. to pull more people in. So it makes sense that that's the one that's like 100%. skyrocketed. Um, but yeah, they've, they've broken so many records. Oppenheimer and Barbie together had one of the best opening weekends ever. Yeah. Not a surprise. Um, Barbie had like the best Monday ever. Yeah. Okay. It it had one of the best second weekend drops of the year, if not the best second weekend drop of the year. Mm-hmm. It's just everyone loves it, and I mean, having seen it, I get it. There's mm-hmm. no reason not to fucking love it. It's brilliant. It's funny. It's visually appealing. What's not to like? And you come out of a life lesson. Do you know mm-hmm. what is really funny though? And I know we try not to get too political here, but eh. We'll skate around it a little bit. Um, the knee-jerk reaction was Barbie is too woke. Ah, ignoring classic. the fact, ignoring the fact that since the seventies or sixties, Barbie has always like Barbie went to the moon before women could have credit cards in America. Just, let's just like I'm not yep. saying Barbie's perfect, but let's have some perspective. Mm-hmm. Um. So and but the problem is it Barbie started doing so well the the go woke go broke slogan was struggling. <laughs> and, and 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 then the right had to start huffing on some real big copium. So like but go woke go broke. We said it's woke, it's not going broke, what's happening? 
Um, so now the right are trying to claim it as theirs. Ah. I shit you not. I shit you not. People on the right-hand side of social media are now trying to do U-turns to try and claim it is actually an anti-woke film. And it is fucking hilarious. Honestly. Because, like, a lot of the people who are trying to claim it's anti-woke hadn't previously come out and said it was woke. But you've got people going into their like tweets and it's like they're liking like Ben Shapiro tweets where he's like, this is the most woke garbage ever. And then they're tweeting Barbie's fantastic anti-woke film. It's like, hmm. <laughs> Somebody is hmm. just hopping on bandwagons. <laughs> yes. Someone wants desperately for this to be for them, but it's not. Yeah. There is one thing I saw a tweet about that someone actually made a very valid kind of concern after Barbenheimer. Go on. The success of this is going to try to be replicated. Yeah, they're already trying to. Saw Patrol. That is 100% an industry plant. There is no way a genuine human being has gone, oh yeah, Paw Patrol and Saw, that's going to be the next one. That is such a manufactured piece of shit. This is the thing. You're going to get people in a boardroom going, ah, the release of two polar opposite films was great. We should replicate this. And it's like, no, this only worked because actually it shouldn't have happened. They were both accidentally got like picked the same dates. And then I'm pretty sure Christopher Nolan wanted Barbie to like delay because he didn't want them okay, to release. Let, let's be clear here. It was not an accident these were released on the same dates. Christopher Nolan had a nasty breakup with Warner Brothers. He announced when his next film was coming out and Warner Brothers went, fuck you and they started to release Barbie. Um, And then, unfortunately for them, the concept of Barbenheimer got so big, their marketing budget ended up helping Christopher Nolan. Well, yeah, yeah. they weren't planned to be like it wasn't a organized thing and it's like i'm pretty sure chris Nolan even wanted them to delay it but they were like no um and then people like oh well the market and then they're gonna try and market it as well but it's like barbie did its own marketing campaign that then people like that was so big and successful that barbie was like everywhere in every aspect of culture that people were like oh yeah and it's barbenheimer and then it was like the marketing team were like wait shit this is a genius this is genius. Let's just go with it. And then they went into it and it worked. You try and replicate that, everyone's going to go, this is the most fake shit. I don't care about Paw Patrol when I want to go see Saw. Like, what? Yeah. Like, it needs, like, this won't happen again. And if a boardroom need... tries and replicates it, it's just not going to work. You need two films that have general appeal, but while being on the complete opposite ends. Saw and Paw Patrol don't have general appeal. No. Saw is a horror film, and for a horror film franchise, it is wildly successful. Horror films are tiny, though. The biggest horror films will look at a $200 million budget and go, I can make eight films out of that. Yeah. And they and they go and they make $300 million. And they don't break any records, but they go, well, we invested 25 million, we made 300 million, and we're going to make 100 of these, and they're all going to do the exact same. Yeah. And the studios go, brilliant. Horror films are such a safe bet in cinema, because the people who work on horror films know how to get every penny and spend it wisely and make something that will make decent money. Yeah. It's also like, 
the reason, like something like Saw and Paw Patrol, I'm not even funny. There's that old, like the audience doesn't intermix. Like at least Barbie and Oppenheimer, the age range of audiences will happily go see both. And it's like things like like it's there's gonna be this is that's the first like there's gonna be others where they try to force this, and I think that's the only negative from this success is we're yes. now gonna have to deal with studios thinking they're smart, but they're not. But we've always oh. dealt with that issue, yeah. so. But we'll get on to studios thinking they're smart when they're not here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 concern of of studios trying to manufacture the next Barbenheimer is real. Mm. Um. The problem is there are always the people on the internet who just want to be next to the... They just want the next cool big thing that everyone can get behind. So if yeah. enough bait accounts just tweet out Saw Patrol, Saw Patrol, Saw Patrol, you're going to get enough internet weirdos who just have to be a part of something who are like, yeah, Saw Patrol, and they're going to try and force it, which might mean that we can never have another Barmanheimer just because they're trying to force it constantly instead of just letting it happen organically. Yeah, it's. I think the first ones will get sniffed out very quickly by the internet. Um, yeah, like they won't. It just won't get anywhere. So it'll be, but, I mean, props to Barbie and Oppenheimer for like the success. Like it's been crazy to see. Yeah, um, and I think it's actually been just good for cinema full stop. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, and like they were both on. I mean, I know the Barbie marketing budget was insane, but I think yeah. the actual film budgets weren't too bad. And that's all I really give a fuck about. Because they're going to spend the money on the marketing regardless. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you've got all of these superstars and two films that I sat there and I was like, these are genuinely good films. And I think combined, both the films cost less than 300 million. I want to say Barbie was 170 budget and Oppenheimer was about 100. I think Barbie was like one forty-five. Um, Barbie film budget. Uh, yeah, one forty-five. Um, and Oppenheimer, I believe, was about hundred. Yeah, about hundred. So yeah, less than two hundred and fifty million for and these two films. Produce gold. Uh, two hundred and fifty million dollar films. Let's go have a look at some other films that cost two hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, the first hour of Avatar 2. Okay, so for more than the budget of these two films, we can get The Little Mermaid 2023. Haven't seen it, can't comment. Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm willing to sacrifice Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for these two films. Thor Love and Thunder, absolutely. Yeah. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, absolutely. No time to die. Yeah, probably. Fate if you're as yet, get it gone. Fury <laughs> seven, get it gone. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's a bit trickier. I probably still would let it go. Because that was 250 million in 2009 as well. Damn. Yeah, we're old. <laughs> I was more thinking of like the money back then, but cheers for reminding me I'm old again. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, 2017. Yeah, get it gone. Spider-Man 3. Get it gone. That was the worst Raimi film. They spent $258 million on that. Whoa, that was, uh... the, Lo the Lion King, 
2019. So not the original animated one. Oh, the f- get it gone. Weird the, one. The live action where it's all CGI. Mm. Um, tangled. Um, we can't get rid of that. Jenna would kill me. <laughs> so tangled is staying. Um, so that costs 260 million. That's, That's wild. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cost seventy. Yeah, but they don't have. Not, it's, yeah, but look at the style of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They can whip those um, scenes up in no time because they don't have to look polished. <laughs> Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Get it gone. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna say this film, and you tell me if you've even heard of this film. Oh. I have. I don't know if you will have, because I don't even know how I know it. John Carter. I feel like I've heard that name. Why? Why do I know? million dollars. 2012 sci-fi film. Based on a princess of Mars. Okay, that's not what I John thought. John Carter's also oh, another person. I recognize it for the weird hippo gorilla things. Um, I just recognize that creature. Jurassic World Dominion, get it gone. Solo, a Star Wars story, get it gone. Yeah. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, get it gone. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, get it gone. <laughs> Multiverse of Madness, yeah, bye. The Last Jedi, goodbye. Justice League, goodbye. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Ooh. Okay, here's the thing. This did spend 50 million more dollars, though. I think if it was 250 million, I'd be able to let it go. But this cost 300 million. So we could get an Oppenheimer or Barbie and have fifty million dollars left over. Almost get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We could also we could almost <laughs> get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in there. So I think it's got to go. Avengers Infinity War. I'm not getting rid of. <laughs> no, I mean that. The purely that budget was it all for the the. Um, it was also <laughs> the budget needed to be there for the amount of actors that were. In that. And it did make like two billion nearly. So like it was a sound investment. Fast X, get it gone. What Avatar, Way of the Water, get it gone. What was the budget Avatar, for Avatar? Way of the Water, Avatar, Way of the Water, 350 million. You could have two Oppenheimers and a Barbie and have five million dollars left over. Yeah. That's a hundred million Endgame. per hour. Yeah. Avengers Endgame at 356. I'm going to keep that as well because that is the combination of 12 years. Yeah. It's wild. Okay, this one is definitely going. Avengers Age of Ultron was more expensive. 365. That can go. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know what Stranger's I... Tide. Gotta go. Ultron was probably because of the actors. Maybe. Uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Gotta go. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Got to go. Go on. Guess while we're here. Most expensive film all time. Most expensive film all time. I can tell you how much it was if that if you think that might help. Go on, how much? Four hundred and forty-seven million. We could get three Oppenheimers, a Barbie, and have two million dollars left over. For that, for that, it's it's got to be either a Star Wars or it's freaking Avatar one or Lord of like no, it can't be Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings were shoestring yeah. budgets, comparatively. Is, or is it? It's, 
Why do I feel like it's a... Oh, wait, it's not... Um, a DCU... DCEU film. No. Marvel film. Force Awakens. Oh, so it was Star Wars. Which, okay. which is, to be fair, the only decent one from that trilogy. But 447 million? How much did that make? Probably more than we realised, but... I, I mean, mean, it definitely went positive. It made like a billion. I, I, I bet you could get the whole original trilogy for that. Oh, 100%. Without a shadow of a doubt. But do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. This has just proved that on a reasonable budget, because it's not like these films didn't have superstars in them. No. The reason that Bath Oppenheimer was a thing was because it felt like every A-lister in Hollywood was in Oppenheimer or Barbie. Yeah. That was where the entire meme started. It was... It... Yeah, they've done a lot with a reasonable budget. It's surprising. Don't get me wrong, they're still very expensive films. But when you look at the shit that's been pumped out, like Fast and Furious being in there three times for over $300 million budgets makes me want to commit crimes. Well, it's all the baby oil. Um, anyway, Barbie, breaking records, well done, Greta Gertwig, you're going to win a boatload of awards and you deserve them all. And Oppenheimer is also going to win a bunch of awards. sag and the WGA. Studios are wild in. So, last Friday, mm. rumours were that the WGA and sag had said they're prepared to come back to the table. And the studios reported, you went, no, fuck you. Let us know when you can't afford your homes anymore. Then we'll talk. Yeah. And then they were um, saying, actually, no, we will sit back down. Yeah. And then as of yesterday or maybe Monday, it started to come out that apparently they were willing to sit down and talk from this Friday. So today, as this has gone out, mm. um, tomorrow as we're recording, apparently negotiations will have restarted um which is good i hope they bend them over and take them from every penny they have not gonna not gonna lie to you if you're gonna spunk 350 million dollars on avatar you can afford to pay uh your writers and actors enough to live yeah i mean i, I don't think that's that hot a take i will be intrigued because it's like although they say they will sit down for negotiations again I already feel like they're just gonna sit down, go right. Watch you, right, we watch your review. Then after what we rejected, they're gonna go. Well, here we go. We've amended some of the things, but we still want these things. And they're gonna go. No, 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 no. I suppose we can do something similar to that. No, no, maybe a little bit of that. And then there's just gonna be another two weeks of them not willing to sit yeah. back down. Do you know what I think has caused this? Go on. Over the weekend. A lot of Hollywood A-listers have donated a lot of money to the strike fund. Like, multiple A-listers oh, yeah. donating millions of dollars. Mm. Just going, oh yeah, um, boom. <laughs> and um, notably, someone who we rinse for his uh, films, but yeah. actually, like, props where props is due, The Rock has donated a million. Yeah, he, uh, seven million. Was it seven million? It was seven million. Oh, okay. So prop. I mean, props to him. As much as we rinse him for his roles, 
I I think in the acting industry, his ego is a problem. And I do think at times he's done more harm than good. However, if he's going to stand there and actively help his co-workers and his writers and his other actors to look after themselves, I'm not going to knock him for that. I will continue even when his next film comes out. If it's shit, I'm going to sit here and say it's shit. Um, well, but yeah. fair play to him for helping. But like you say, multiple actors have donated multiple millions of dollars. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure sag have said now like their fund to support people will keep them going for months yeah. at the moment. So like they are not, like they are in this for the long haul and they are have the means to be in this for the long haul. Yeah. And start some of this news about these strikes is starting to leak through to the press now. Um, so it is, un, un, I'm not saying this with a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory on, this is just common fucking sense. Mm. Um, a lot of the people who own these studios also own news publishing sites. Yeah. So they get a little bit of leeway in keeping stuff quiet for a little while. Mm-hmm. However, if they push it too far and then the news breaks, their reputation takes the hit. It should take from delaying it at all, but it takes it because they've delayed it for so long mm. it's like oh this has been going on for six months why haven't we heard anything um and it's starting to now get to the point where they have to even if it's tiny little bits they have to talk about it yeah um and that's starting to get seen by other people now who are using the world wide web in all of its glory and they're going hold the fucking phone i, d- I think the other thing that a lot of the studios weren't really prepared for is quite how socialist the um corporate overlords and scumbags of the world have made our generation so now they're just getting yeah. flamed on the internet constantly it's like um i mean we'll talk about it in a little bit here but last week or end of last week there was a bunch of delays to projects and me and you were sat there chuckling because every single tweet that mentioned the delay was like of course this delay wouldn't be happening if the studio should pay people a fair wage yeah i saw and that's the thing we're not letting it slip anywhere i saw some is it I can't remember if it was like SAG after themselves or the WGO, some Twitter account that was like an official or maybe it was an actor or something, gave props to discussing film because them as a Twitter account have been on it. At any moment, they're like, any bit of news, they're like, but also if the studios paid people properly yeah. and they're like, they're constantly supporting like, the strikes and they were like, this is, film were absolutely great. this is the best, like, they, they have stood by and kind of reported their best on it uh, and in yeah. the right way. I, I think a lot of the time discussing film does a very, very phenomenal job of saying completely impartial and just reporting facts. Mm. And it's been hilarious watching the amount of people going, oh, discussing film is not happy because all of their tweets have anything to do with this in remotely just like, and don't forget... Don't forget, studios are massive twats. And it's and just then that it's kind of link to like, donate. Uh, don't forget, yeah. And then right below it, it's like, oh, if you want to help out these actors and writers who are being screwed over by these multi-billionaires, here's the link. It's brilliant. Yeah. I love it so much. It and that's, that's the energy we've all got to bring to this. Um, the was... guess what? The billionaires aren't the ones who make the films you love. No. It's the people on the picket lines. Even when Disney in their quarter two meetings say ha these strikes have saved us 100 million haha this is great um this that's not the win you think it is yeah like boasting about the fact that strikes 
these people striking has saved you money like it's some big thing. No, no. Because <laughs> you're just an idiot. It's, it's the, the way that these studios are still, like, we're like a good month into this now. And, like, these studios are still think they public opinion is on their side. And, like, that they are in the right and the strikers are in the wrong. Like, it's wild. I, also, I would more and more actors. I would happily have to pivot this podcast to going through our, my comic backlog and we just talk about a comic book a week for 15, 20 minutes if it if it means that this strike has to go on for a year to teach these fuckers a lesson. Um, but unfortunately, not everyone has enough brain cells to see why what's going on is so important. Yeah, and I mean, the general public as well, with it not being... widely reported on the mainstream news or like regularly have no understanding that one it might even be going on i bet there's plenty of people that have no clue and my parents i've mentioned it but like they probably don't really know that this is going on and how big of an issue it is i've made a big effort to keep my parents up to date on it because i i found over the years that just by discussing things in natural conversation um, it then becomes a talking point for other people. Mm. And then just like that, just that news spreads a little bit. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that by me telling my parents to give them my update on sag Astra, that <laughs> by tea time, Rishi Sunak's hearing about it and he's like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> but you get the idea... He wouldn't think it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get this idea of everyone having these little chit-chats and, the, and that's how you build a bit of momentum. But mm. you know who I would expect to understand it? Actors. Mm. Like Stephen Armel. Who thinks he can backtrack on what he said. And also complained that the things he said has ended up on the internet. Like, oh my god, how dare you share what I have yeah. said to the wilder world. That was meant to be kept yeah. private to this this room of several people. <laughs> so, um, first and I foremost, s- this is further proof that you should not idolise anyone. Mm, yeah. Because no matter who you think they are, they could be a massive twat. Yeah. So, um, let's go and find the original comment. Because I don't want to get accused of oh, misquoting yeah. him. Yeah. Um, where's the bit where I said I think we have to troll this dickhead? Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Time that um, well as I took a drink. So oh, he no. said um, he doesn't agree with the strikes. He thinks they're reductive. And infuriating. Now, where did he say this, you ask, Connor? That he's claimed it's a breach of his privacy for it to be all over the internet? He said it openly at Comic-Con on a panel. Which I'm pretty sure they weren't weren't meant to be at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, no, he was scabbing while doing it. Yeah. So, do you know what makes, like, besides the fact that, like, scummy behavior... What's more laughable about this is the man played a character whose whole job on T, like in the whole series of that show, was to take down billionaires who were taking the piss. Yeah, the 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 mega rich who were getting away with shit because they were mega rich. Yeah, it's fucking the irony is hilarious. I thought creatives, your actors, your writers, and stuff. 
was supposed to be able to take the complexities of the world and simplify them down into a compelling mm. story. You would think. And this motherfucker has missed the point. He spent 10 years playing a socialist superhero. And he still sits there and goes, I think strikes are dumb. And I think and they're I, beneath us. I think to also, like, to add context as well, because there was another, I don't know if you'll get to it, but there was a bit added on to that as well, stuff that he was saying. It was like, it was also, he comments on, that came, like that came about because he was talking about it's annoying that he can't promote stuff that he has done because of the strikes and then he goes i think he goes on to say the strikes are annoying and it's like it's coming from a place of like he want i a little bit of me is like okay i get you want to advertise your thing maybe it's some great projects and you love it and like anything that people work on they want to show it off i get that but to just completely miss the point of what the strikes are for and ha- be so selfish that you only care about your like showing off your own thing it's just like come on man you, what are you what are let's, you doing and what do you expect the internet to do yeah well let's let's just be completely fucking clear here he's a massive bell end cuz here's the thing you pay me 125 grand an episode for 8 years I know for a fact I'm in the 1% of the actors, and we know now, even as outsiders, based on the stats we've seen, that puts him well in the 1% of actors. Mm-hmm. Guess what? All he has to do is shut his fucking mouth, not say a word, for three, four months. Then once all this gets sorted, guess what? He's going to get a pay rise as well. Yeah. And do you know what's funny? He, he only has to stay quiet, because I can guarantee he's still getting them CW checks. So it's like, and uh, this is what, this is the thing that will, whenever someone who is in a financially stable position says something that causes backlash online, remember they meant it with a burning passion, because if they care so little about the fact that it could hurt their financials because they're so financially secure that they're willing to still go out there knowing it's going to cost them money, that means that they believe in that more strongly than the millions of dollars they can make by keeping their mouth shut. And I know some of you might go, oh yeah, but that means their morals are uncompromising. That isn't a good moral to have though. If, if someone comes out and they go, trans rights are human rights, it costs them 10 million. That's standing by your morals no matter the cost. Yeah. I mean, what's also what, like to remember here is like, He's tried to come back and hit back and say, oh, this wasn't meant, like, this is, I'm not happy that this has been shared around the internet and this was meant for, like, this was a discussion with a, and it's like, hang on a second. So you didn't want people to know you were at Comic-Con speaking about this, which is just, like, the biggest indication of, like, you know you're in the wrong, but you just don't give a shit you're in the wrong, but you're going to try and hide that you're not what you're doing. It's just like, okay, you've been caught in the act and now you're trying to, like, say, no, 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 I wasn't doing anything wrong. It's... Honestly, I'm... As shitty as that is from him and any of these other actors that are kind of, like, like the odd things that have been popping up where people are scabbing and stuff. Honestly, the best thing that could happen because those people doing that are just outing themselves and everyone's going to remember that Oh, you were the, you kept doing shit when actors were trying to get paid. We'll remember that. We don't like you anymore. Yeah. Like, like, cool. This is like outing everyone, and it's like we're getting rid of all the 
all the big dickheads in one go and it's great yeah 100 percent. As, as much as it hurts when you see people who did something you really enjoyed mm-hmm. get outed or out themselves of being massive twats you just got to kind of go you know what get them gone yeah get them the fuck gone um and depending on what they've done like i, I will still be able to if i ever want to go back and rewatch green arrow and enjoy the art separate the art from the artist mm. all that there are certain things where also, um, even though i'm like in this situation i can't separate the art from the artist but i'm never going to judge anyone who can still no. enjoy the art despite what the artist might have done um but i think the problem is sometimes people don't know how to separate the art from the artist so they will defend the artist even when they know they're in the wrong because they don't mm. want to feel like they can't enjoy the art anymore yeah they're like, like they're actor in their favorite show has done something shitty and they're like but but it was my favorite show and he's like so amazing in this show and it's like yeah but he's still a dick <laughs> when, when Hori gets outed for being a massive twat you can still come back and enjoy the old episodes of the podcast <laughs> and i'll still be here being a massive twat <laughs> i'm joking Hori's lovely i'm the one that will get outed it's fine yeah. <laughs> none of us are gonna get outed how about that <laughs> like I, I would hope. Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> time to start a new podcast. Uh. Um, but yeah, obviously we'll keep uh, updating this every week or as and when there is news about what's going on. Um, as I'm sure you can tell, our position hasn't changed. Pay the writers, pay the actors. Fuck, fuck the billionaires. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kill the rich, eat them. <laughs> All the above. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nerd News Network. Woo! Yeah, news time. Um, in further news of studios being inept and getting Max, fucked over. Yeah, Max or sorry, Discovery Plus into Max because it happened. That transition happened during Q2. Uh, reportedly lost 1.8 million paying subscribers. That's a lot of, for one person called Max to lose, isn't it? Yeah, Max has got to be a lot more careful. How much does Max cost? <laughs> Not not one point eight million. The cheapest is ten dollars. So even if we assume they're all on the cheapest tier, which they won't be, but I don't know what the standard deviation is. One. Now let's be real. Most people are on the cheapest tier in twenty twenty three. No, but they'll also be the least likely to cancel it. Mm. People on the cheapest tier are always less likely to cancel because it's less money. There's studies done on it. That's why gyms have really low introductory rates and then well, they yeah, just that's... they don't bump it too much because if it's twelve pounds a month you're paying to not go to the gym, that's not <laughs> as bad as paying eighteen pounds a month to not go to the gym. Um, that's potentially that. eighteen million dollars a month they've lost. That's not that's a lot, lost, that's, but less that's a than lot of users were. to have uh, dipped. Mm. I, Honestly, I wonder if you, if you I wonder if like you were paying writers writers and actors fairly. You could probably come up with some really good uh, original shows that would probably bring them subscribers back. It's also like maybe and if maybe you paid, maybe if some... you paid like a good like design studio, they might have done better branding for you, and it wouldn't have been yeah. such a terrible transition. <laughs> yeah, wild. Maybe you could have spent more money on the infrastructure so that it the website worked when it launched. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can make it available There's... to the whole world so that yeah, like. It's... It doesn't surprise me with how badly it like publicly was received with that transition and the branding got rinsed and like it was just a terrible transition. 
yeah, you've made a horrible user experience. Everyone's going to be like, this isn't convenient anymore. I'll see you later. That's why people are leaving Netflix. Like, it's no longer convenient. It's too much hassle. Like, bye. Yeah, I've got to have 19 subscriptions now. Now I'm fine, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Spider-Verse mm. are all rumoured to be nominated for the Best Picture at the Oscars. Barbie and Oppenheimer are a massive sub- 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 surprise, surprise to me. Mm. Spider-Verse would be a surprise to me. Not because I don't think it's good enough. Because of the looking down the snobbish nosedness of... Uh, Hollywood towards both animated films and superhero films. Yeah, and this is a animated superhero film. So it's yeah. like So just getting a nomination would actually be huge. Yeah. And there has been other animated um films that have been nominated for Best Picture. I don't think we've had an animated superhero film because we we we've talked about like superhero films have struggled well struggled have been overlooked by the Oscars. Yeah, they, the they just they they view them as not art, and it's just oh, it's just it's so commercial. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So meanwhile, most of the films that clean up at the Oscars have been seen by three people and a dog. Most, I'm pretty sure, like the animated films that I saw on the, that have, have had Best Picture nominations in the past have often been like Pixar and stuff where they like they have a very core plot that's very like heartfelt or something it's like okay yeah great we can understand but to have like a superhero and animated would be a huge leap of that yeah i'm very impressed to see if they get in whether they win um, find that hard to believe unfortunately because I, I don't see them beating out it's the odds are stacked against them mad biggest Twitter upset. would be unbearable if that happened it'd be the biggest upset um, i also don't think twitter would disagree though Oh, no, it would. Nah, I reckon there's a good portion of the internet be like, Spider-Verse was amazing. This is wild that they've actually given it to that. Everyone expected it. Probably Oppenheimer, if not I, I think I think the Nolan fans and the Oppenheimer fans would be racist as fuck. I'll be honest. I feel like the people who would get upset about Nolan Oppenheimer missing out would instantly go, oh, that film was a black protagonist and it had trans representation. Yeah, that's a good point. And I feel like they would kick up a massive stink. I think the Barbie fans would be chill as fuck. Yeah, um, Barbie's not. like Barbie Barbie's... Fan, Barbie fans give off that that, that Kennedy. Also, Barbie isn't going to care because they're like, we've just made a billion. We don't really care about an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we've got to go. We've got to go make a Bratz movie. <laughs> um, um, but will the Oscars go ahead? Yeah, this is the question. Like, it... do you know what's Wait, Oscars is normally February, right? I'm two minds. Like, if strikes are still going on, I'd like to think it would get delayed. Ooh. And they would be, even if the people running the Oscars don't want to, for PR sakes, they should delay. So it was March 2023, so it'll be about March time. In okay. I would like to think so, we'd be out of the strikes by then. I would like to think the studios have finally bent the knee. But who knows? If they make us wait till March, they're going to be more than bending one knee. What? They're going to be on both knees begging. I think if strikes are still ongoing, 
in March, which will be crazy. I think the Oscars will get delayed because no, even though the people running it probably would quite happily run it without because they're probably also run by studios and paid by studios and probably are a similar mindset of the big studios, they won't want the bad PR on the Oscars like that. Because if you had empty Oscars or just like the seat fillers that they use <laughs> when they have like the staff to fill s seats when people go to the toilet and stuff, it's just a bunch of like essentially extras, just generic st waiting staff that are just sat in chairs. <laughs> Or you just get a bunch of uh, lookalikes. <laughs> it would um, it would be an interesting one for sure. But I, know, um, I do think it'll get delayed if it's still on. But right now. Loki season two trailer. It's kind of wild that they uh, they chose to drop that very quickly after the worst rated show finale episode, whatever you want, Marvel production. It's a very tactical. It was. It, it wasn't just the worst rated um final episode. It was the worst final episode. Oh, yeah. Um, and that trailer has racked up views. So, whoever was in charge in the whoever in whatever boardroom was like, um, guys, I think we should drop the trailer for Loki season two. Everyone loves Loki. Um, just drop it now. It'll it'll save us. Smart, smart play, honestly. Smart um, play. I don't know about you, but uh, Loki's little uh, time slipping there seemed a bit uh, familiar. Mm, I think we've uh, seen that somewhere yeah. before. Mm. I mean, it's very possible they've just stolen the style. Um, it would... I mean, it's one of those, like, quite clearly both parties are playing around with the multiverse and like things are going to overlap in styles because it's both Marvel. I'm, I yeah, don't know if I'm, there's stuff like time slipping is in comics. Not to um, my knowledge. But that idea of them both happening to like play into that as a mechanic of the multiverse, shall we say, doesn't surprise me that that would maybe just by chance happen. But was interesting... I liked how they did it. I liked the style. It looked it very good. Yeah. Um, um, but that also, seems like it's going to be the central theme for this series. Yeah, it's going to be them now getting a better understanding of the different timelines and the effects of all these branches are going to have. Like, they, it's going to definitely going to be them trying to find out more about Kang trying to understand the timeline and all the branches while also dealing with the fact that Loki's now flipping around all over the shop. Yeah. And we Big. remember, we know Morbius doesn't know Loki based on yes. season one. He ended up in the wrong, which would yeah. make sense that he ended up back in the wrong timeline, so then that's why he's slipping around, maybe? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because he was never meant to be at that TVA. It's get, it's going to get very complicated. There was a very notable actor who has become on the rise in popularity. Um, I'm going to butcher his name now. I know exactly who you mean. 
Go on, give it, give it a chance. Hang on, I'm I'm getting it back up so I can um see the name. Oh, it's gone now. I've, I've lost it. Would you like me to send it to you to give you a chance? Oh, no, I see. I Kehui Kwan. That's as best of a shot. Oh, I don't think that was too bad. I think I'd have done worse there. Um, um, but he, uh, an actor that everyone's been falling in love with recently. He's had a massive resurgence, and I'm so yeah. here for it. And I, I'm so intrigued by his character because in the trailer they've gone to visit him, and he's clearly like the janitor of the TVA or something, and deals with yeah. repairs and stuff. And he's just like, "Oh, do you know what that was? Oh yeah, that's time slipping. Uh, can't be." And he's like, "Can you fix it? No, because that's not meant to happen in the TVA." But you just saw it happen in the TVA, and it's like, it's, oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> it's like, huh, that's a good point you raise. It, it is so, so good. I can't wait for it. The style looks even tidier than season one as well. It does. They, they, they seem to have given the colour saturation a bump and gone, fuck it. We are based on comic books. Let's have a bit of visual art to this, please. Yeah, and they're really Which leaning so into the, the visual style of the TVA more. And... Yeah. It seems like they're going to be bunching, bouncing around a bunch of different timelines and stuff. So I think this has the potential to to reinvigorate our love for the the TV series. Let's just hope. There is definitely a worry that they have the same issues, same performance issues as always. Speak for yourself. Issues <laughs> here. I'm speaking on behalf of Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's the only worry with this show at the moment is yeah. the track record's not been great, especially after Secret Invasion. Yeah, they're losing a lot of bargaining power with their old uh, Disney Plus shows. Mm. Um, in a surprise to no one, the Emmys have been delayed. Um, yeah. Guess what? They we wouldn't said... be delayed if you paid people. This is true. <laughs> Surprise! Pay people fairly. They will stop striking. You can have your weird award ceremony thing. Cool. Um, Craven um, has been delayed until August 2024. Just cancel it. <laughs> Venom has been delayed until July 2024. Mm. And Beyond the Spider-Verse has been delayed indefinitely. Which is the, I mean, Venom, I'm, nah, I'll, I'll happily go see, but Spider-Verse, I'm, obviously, it makes sense. They're probably very deep in the writing process of that as well, and yeah. just the animators and everything, and voice actors, like, a lot of that will be being affected. Uh, I'd quite happily just let, just cancel Craven. Just, uh, just... It is weird to me, bearing in mind that no one wants Craven. And the film is finished. That they're purely delaying it because they can't promote it with the actors. Do they really think Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to promote this film so fucking well that they make people want to see it? I think leaving it longer is just going to screw them over. Yeah, because do you know what? When does the Spider-Man game come out? Uh, October 20th. So people are going to experience that, Craven. 
and they're going to experience like, that craving first, now not second. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go into the film and be like, wait, this isn't like the game that I just loved playing. Yeah, this who isn't the fuck Craven, is this guy? who was just peak. Yeah, who the fuck like, is... Fucking fight Craven. <laughs> um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, it, this is only going to be the few of many films that are going to get delayed. Even like so many. ones that are done, but like you say, are delaying because they want to do a proper press run. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Ahsoka mm. episode one and two have a combined runtime of ninety six minutes. Juicy! I can't fucking wait. I'm so. Have you uh, start started on Invincible yet? No. Have you finished Rebels yet? I'm getting closer. Well. I told you that you'll te- when you tell me we're doing it next week, then I'll binge it in a week. You know how I work. Um, <laughs> you bastard. Um, but yeah, Ahsoka, which is supposed to be nine episodes. Yeah, I think it's nine episodes. Um, episodes one and two we know are coming out together. Mm-hmm. Um, have a combined runtime of like six minutes, which is going to be a busy old Wednesday for us. I'm and so I cannot sorry. wait. Can't wait. And that is, and that's clearly going to be because episode one and two are her getting the band back together. Um, well, yeah, it's it's going to be like what happened with Andor because that was one and two we got at the same time. It's like, yeah, the first episode is a bit slow to set up, but it also needs the second episode to kind of hook you into the the show. Yeah, and they know that, and it's also like, who doesn't want to sit there for nights? Like, you're going to be more hooked into the show if you can watch the first two episodes back to back. Than if you just watch the first one, I have to wait another week. So yeah, I'm all for it. I'm I'm, I'm so ready. I can't yeah. wait. It's what 27th first episode comes out. Is it 27th? Yeah, something like that. Uh, 27th is a Sunday, so I'm probably oh, wrong. No, then not 27th. So it must be the 23rd. Maybe. Or the 30th. Mm. Either way, it's the end of this month. We're getting closer. Are you 23rd. So 23rd. Cool. Um, so I mean, what we got? Two more episodes after this until the first episode. Yeah. <gasps> Very exciting. Um, fantastic forecasting news. Yes, there's been, and it's not just the same out. twelve names being no. recycled and shuffled in different ways. No, we're not back to the start of the list again. It's a new yeah, list. So at the beginning of the week, the news was um, Marvel are focusing on trying to find their Sue Storm. Because she's going to be the main character, and they want to build the cast around the right Sue Storm casting. Mm-hmm. Um, and as of like half an hour before we started recording, we loads of news was coming out, so we don't know how reliable any of this is. So take it all with a heavy dollop of salt. <laughs> Vanessa Kirby is set to be Sue Storm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Jack Quaid and Joseph Quinn are the favourites for Johnny Storm. But, while we've been recording, Jack yep. Quaid has tweeted out, Hello everyone, nope, not playing Johnny Storm, but hey, I'm flattered. Now that you're here though, donate to the sag Foundation if you can. Solid use of uh, cur- current publicity. And, and that is how you use a bunch of people talking about you to the benefits. Yep. So... Oh, there's also I don't know you haven't got it on. I haven't got it on my list. Matt Smith. Yes, Matt Smith is apparently rumored to be in the running near the beginning, potentially even offered the role 
of Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. Um, and Galactus is rumored to be the villain. Mm. Now, we've got to take all this with a big old grain of salt. Yeah. A, because it's all happened pretty quickly over the last few days after dead silence on Fantastic Four for a while. Yeah. But also, there is a strike on. There should be no auditions going on. There should be no discussions going on. There should be no contracts being signed. Mm. So if any of this news is true, it's probably old news, in which case you have to ask, why are we only hearing about it now? So I know the Matt Smith one broke with it being said that he was offered just before the strikes began, so people don't know if he accepted. Whether that, like you say, whether any of this is true. Something else I've just thought of, kind of in the same realm of, what we said when about Loki, it'd be kind of smart with Marvel's bad press to suddenly just like just dribble out a few rumors about Fantastic Four castings yeah. to just take people's attention away from how bad Secret Invasion has been. Yeah, um, interesting time. And we and we were semi convinced, although I doubt it will be happening now. Regardless, that the Fantastic Four cast might be announced at D twenty three this year. Yeah, um, because let's be clear, there is no way we're getting Fantastic Four early 2025. No. There is zero chance. We was, originally we were supposed to be getting it late 2024. Then the Blade delays happened, which pushed everything back. Mm-hmm. There is no way we're getting this early 2025. Well, it was At meant. At this point, I'll be surprised if it's early 2026. Originally, it was meant to be, or people were meant to be decided by February bin. Obviously, that didn't happen. If we're only just getting the news of, like, castings that are happening, they ain't going to start. Like, if, even if these people have got the roles, like, it's not like production starting anytime soon. Nope. So, yeah, it's going to be a while, unfortunately. For, for that. And that also assumes that these people don't have other work that is scheduled to happen first that's currently being delayed. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that is the, the nerdy news of the week. It is. And we'll... We'll uh, we'll wait and see what more bullshittery is taking place next week. But it is now time for the content championship. Infinity War. Yeah. Versus Rogue One. You like making these easy, don't you? Yeah. As always, six topics or criteria. Personal relevance. How well has it aged? Rewatchability, story, acting, and cinematography slash visuals slash general eye appeal. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Yes. It's dirty. It's horrible. We both give the lead. We always do this to ourselves. We 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 have these two things go against each other, and then we're just like, uh, I feel horrible. Um, let's just put it all out there at the beginning. I adore both of these films. Mm-hmm. Same. The fact the fact that the X Men Origins Wolverine is in the next round and one of these will not be hurts myself. This, this is your fault. Not my fault. <laughs> um. <laughs> right. I will. Uh, I'll get us started with personal relevance. Okay. Okay. So Infinity War, the pinnacle of MCU hype. Mm-hmm. It was part one, essentially, of 11 years of waiting and building this masterful universe that we got to uncover. And 
it was also one of the greatest cliffhangers of all time. Mm. Rogue One, however, is also the film that I stand on the uh, wooden box and smash me tin pot screaming how it's the best Star Wars film. Yes. It's quite a difficult decision. What's your personal relevance to these films, Horizontal? <laughs> um, like you, Infinity War was the culmination of several years of films and build-up to, like you said, part one of like a, the two-part where some people would even say the finale because they've stopped watching like the end of the the golden era of Marvel. That's like from watching the first Iron Man in the cinema and that year build up with the story and everything all the way to Infinity War is like it's a solid part of my life. <laughs> Rogue One relit the fires of Star Wars. <laughs> Um, it's so so hard but I do think it's slightly easier for me to lean one way on this I think than some of the other categories I'd like I would I think I would 100% lean to Infinity War purely because of how like that build up and how much it like played in like we've I lived through the build of the MCU to that point like it Rogue One is like reignited a love for Star Wars but I lived the build up to Infinity War so it kind of yeah. hits harder of a franchise I think at that point I don't know how you feel because you you're stuck in the middle at the moment. It feels wrong, I know. It's, it's really tricky because, realistically, both of these films are a big reason this podcast exists. Yes. Um, because they are the best of what we love to talk about here. They are right at the very top. Um, but I do agree, while Rogue One is a fucking masterpiece, if you take it out of the Star Wars universe... You don't lose too much to the great story. No. No one was asking for Rogue One. Infinity War was the plan. Yes. Everyone was waiting for it. Everyone was waiting for Thanos. So mm -hmm. when that first trailer for Infinity War hit, everyone was like, oh shit. Yeah, culturally, Infinity War. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like Infinity War Endgame again. That that like eighteen months from just before Infinity War to Endgame was mm. wild. Yeah, it it'll be rare if we see something like that again. And special. Mm. Um, how well it has aged. Now this is harder. <laughs> Because I feel like they've both aged very well. Yeah. It's even... It's so... I think... 
from. That Infinity War ages better every day. Purely because every day you've got more and more people on the internet just screaming about how the MCU's fallen off since Endgame. Where so Star Wars has kept actually... being good since Rogue One. Yeah. And I mean it's, I mean Rogue Rogue One still aged very well because the addition yeah. of Andor. Mm-hmm. Rogue One has sparked better things like Andor, which has then elevated it. Whereas Infinity War's the flip side. The stuff after it can't live up to it for a lot of people, which mm. therefore puts it on a pedestal. Mm. The two ways that you can age well, essentially. I... I feel like Rogue One came out. It was a banger. People enjoyed it. People loved it for what it was. Andor's adding to that, and it's aging. It's obviously aged well. I feel like more people talk about how great an Infinity War was, and like as you say, with every recent Marvel thing, people are like. Damn, Infinity War really was the end, and more and more people are realizing how much they love that era of the MCU and that ending, like the the culmination of it all. That I feel like Infinity War has aged better because more people have come to the realization of how like they knew it was great when it came out, and everyone appreciated it and loved the the hype at the time. But as time's gone on, like it's just like oh shit no that was peak and it just raises the bar of it everyone respects it a lot more now because of what we've been given mm-hmm. so I, I think infinity war does take that as well yeah i think that's fair rewatchability see i actually i i lean towards like, this is a, a an easier one i would lean towards rogue one so would I, and I think we've probably got similar similar rationales for it. I can just sit and watch Rogue One, and appreciate it for what it is. I don't necessarily need to watch Episode Four. One because I very everyone knows how that starts, like it's just burning into a man. So you don't need the refresher. Rogue One's a very it is what it is. It knows what it is. It does what it needs to. Stands on its own two feet. Infinity War. Great film, short on its own. We know, like, we could go and watch it and, like, we don't need the refresher. But without that build-up and, like, binging through the others, it doesn't hit as hard just watching it on its own. Whereas, like, and it, you can't rep, like, it's not going to feel the same rewatching Infinity War as it did that first time. Whereas, like, Rogue One, I can rewatch and I would say I'd still enjoy it the same level as when it came out. So the thing is, with Rogue One, Rogue One is a gateway drug. You watch Rogue One, because you can, you can watch it by itself, you don't need to watch mm. anything else. But then you get to the end, and you're like, fuck it, put episode four on. <laughs> then you watch episode four, and you're like, fuck it, put episode five on. And then before you know it, you're eight hours deep, and you've, beat, you've re-watched the, uh, the original trilogy, and you're like, fuck it, whack episode one on. And then so on. Whereas Infinity War is when you go to rehab. And you've done the binge, you've watched all 20 plus movies, and you go, 
I need to go and touch grass. Mm. And just because of that, while I absolutely, I could probably draw a pretty damn good timeline of the MCU just from fucking memory. Yeah. It would still feel weird to watch Infinity War without the build up. Without some of the build up. Mm. Now, I, I there was someone who worked out like I think it's like four films that if you just watch Lem Four, you can probably get away. Yeah. With not having to watch anything else to like speed run getting to Infinity War. But when watching two four hour films is speed running getting to the film you want to watch. Maybe that's just me and you being weirdos. No, Maybe a lot of people can rewatch Infinity War, but I feel like Infinity War was special because of the build up. So if you want it to be special when you're rewatching it, you need the build up. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people look at Infinity War as the end of that period. And it's like, with anything, you think, oh, we let's rewatch the MCU. Not a lot of people go, let's just rewatch Infinity War. Where someone's like, oh, do you want to put Rogue One on? Yeah, sure, let's put Rogue One on. Like, if it was like one of the episode, like episode films, then it's different. But because Rogue One's such like a standalone little side thing and was done so well, like it's very easy to just throw Rogue One on. 100%. I think that's a fair, fair choice. Story. Another hard one. It's so this is this is brutal because yeah. <laughs> Rogue One story it had a very set start and point. Well, it had a very set end point of where it needed to be, and whether you forget about that halfway through the film, that's just great storytelling. But like, it has a very set end point, and you know what where it's going to finish. But it does a great job at getting you there. Infinity War story, also fucking incredible. And like you said, ends on like a great cliffhanger. Organchuan. And it's like, but then is the story of Infinity War without Endgame also to close out that story? Like technically that's half a story versus a full story. Well, you need to be careful there. Okay, yeah. Cause... Because then when we eventually get to other Star Wars films and we're talking about well, we are... episode one by itself, so we just go, well, the story of episode one is shocking. Well, we did do that with episode six. We said... Yeah. It's... So like, we... there's a balance there. It's yeah. 11 years of storytelling coming to a point. I think the reason it stands on its own two feet as a story is because it's pulling threads together and yes. it's weaving a pattern with them threads. Whereas Endgame, at the time everyone was like, oh, Endgame's phenomenal. But then after like six months, everyone was like, Infinity War was better than Endgame though. Yeah, because Endgame's just the, the closer of Infinity War. Yes. End, Endgame is, not to belittle it at all, the the battle sequence of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um. Whereas Infinity War was a game of chess. It was storytelling. It was making sure all the pieces were where they needed to be. 
the story itself holds up. Yes, it is boosted by everything that came before. So you do have to knock it slightly in the way we do things because of that. But you could also argue Rogue One's story is boosted by your pre-knowledge of the original trilogy. The ending of Rogue One means dickle without the original trilogy. Seeing Leia talking to R2 and seeing Darth Vader kick down the door and start chopping up Rebels means nothing without the original trilogy. True. But that doesn't stop Andor being peak Star Wars. Mm. (sighs) It's so fucking hard. I think Andor is the better story. I think so. Purely because, like, although Infinity War does stand alone very well, for the like, it it kind of needs. It Endgame. needs a bit more than Andor does. Yeah. Whereas Andor, it's like, yes, like you say, the ending means decor without knowing Episode Four. But at the same time, like that ending, seeing Darth Vader, you're just like, holy shit, that was sick. Yeah. The, the, if, the, if, if episode four didn't exist, they could have just ended it with them all dying on the planet. And you're like, oh, oh my god, this is a tragic ending. Instead of, oh, now on to episode four. Yeah. Um, like that that film doesn't need much of a rewrite re-write to get around the hype and like mm. what they're trying to do. Whereas Infinity War just doesn't work without what came before. Yeah. Um, but also, I think the Star Wars writing is always a lot tighter than the MCU writing. Well, the MCU writing relies on the the web that they're weaving. Yeah. Okay. Acting. Mm. Both are great. Both. I think in I think Infinity War might be top to bottom the best acting in the MCU. Because I think we can all agree that while while the MCU does require a lot of talent from its actors, it's not the highest level of acting, which is why it gets looked down on by like the audience and stuff. And I don't think the actors would say it's the most difficult acting they'll do. But I think for that story and all, like we said, all the stories that are coming together and all the interactions that are happening for the first time mm. and all of the big names that need equal screen time, at no point did you feel like anyone was... Overshadowing anyone. Yeah, it was all very good, top to bottom. Everyone bounced off each other. The chemistry was great. Yeah. I think it might be the best acting in the MCU. No, I think that's a fair conclusion of that. I don't think many people would argue considering like you say, the amount of different actors and different stories that and different points of the story that had to all be pulled together and and different like like going from fighting to very emotional moments and then like there was a range of stuff that happened in Infinity War, like story wise that required some pretty solid acting from all parties so exactly that rogue one at the end of the day it's like infiltrate place 
get things. Oh, we're disagreeing here. It's some of the best acting I've seen. It's so good. It's just as good as the acting in Andor. Yeah, and no, Andor, true. And, and Andor. Andor was peak acting. I, I can't sit here and go, like Andor might be a touch better, but I can't sit here and go that Andor was light years better acting than. I'm uh, just I'm like things are Rogue coming One. back to me from Rogue One, and I'm just like. It's some of the better acting in Star Wars films because they're not trying to. Because Rogue One isn't so much about Jedi. Yeah. There's less. And as much as I love lightsaber battles, a bit of the drama is lost once you see a grown man ignite a stick of light and start doing spins. A bit of the drama and tension does dissipate with that. Not in a bad way, it just does. No, you like. Now, yeah, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm like, holy it, shit. It no, some, more like... some of the moments in Rogue One are so fucking good. Yeah, it feels more like a war film. Like yes. Saving Private Ryan than Magic space Wizards opera. from Space. <sighs> <laughs> I don't think I can give it Infinity War. I, I don't think, think I can either. No, I think it has. I like, think they're both at the top of their franchises. Yeah. And I would put... I, I think I would put Rogue One over. The good news is, this next one I think is easy. Okay. Cinematography and visuals. Rogue Save. One might be one of the prettiest films I've ever seen. Yeah, and the the VF the the CGI and VFX and across yeah. the board is incredible. Don't get me wrong, Infinity War is damn good, but it is you know standard the, big budget Hollywood good. Do you know it what is the not difference? Genuine artistic. The good. different like the the thing that puts Rogue One ahead is because Star Wars values practical more than MCU does. Yeah. And their use of practical with VFX, whereas MCU relies very heavily on CGI and VFX. I actually think puts Rogue One higher. So I, I just had a quick Google. Do you know how much money Rogue One made? Probably not as much as we would like it to. I was pleasantly surprised. Oh. I have no idea. Just over a billion. Oh. Yeah. That is a surprise. It's the second most successful Star Wars film. Disney's second most successful Star Wars. <laughs> it's not Wars like they. That's a small great that, list. So that's not including the original trilogy. That's well, a yeah. sneaky little. But um, I, I think visually and cinematography, like. Yeah, I think this is the only easy air bracket. Yeah, the 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 way that Rogue One is shot, MCU is shot in the MCU style, like that. Uh, Infinity War is shot in the MCU style, which, like, don't get me wrong, was as we've said, Infinity War was probably the peak of the MCU, where they had everything kind of dialed, but it's not Star Wars dialed. Like Rogue One is Star Wars dialed, and yeah. There's a reason that they are the kings of uh, VFX and practical and stuff. Um, 
So I guess the real question is, who wins? It's a good question. Mm, it is, isn't it? Are we even? What do you mean? <laughs> like on, like, have we gone even on three, three for three? I think so. Yeah, I think I think. Um... Oh no! I would say. I was really hoping we might have just. Our confidence in giving cinematography to Rogue One means even though we're even, Rogue One had the only comfortable victory in a single bracket. I mean, we watched it. We also kind of went more, a lot more towards Rogue One. I would say. Yeah, I mean, as much as it's going to break my heart, I think for me, Rogue One's the winner. Yeah. Here's the thing. If you ask me what film I want to watch right now, I'm going to say Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. If you ask me which film I'm wiping from the face of history, though, it's Rogue One. Yeah, because I don't want to. That's the thing. It's like. Rogue One. Yeah, no, I think it it has to go Rogue One because we're looking at just film here. It's like we've really got to get rid of the bias of the MCU because Put like you say what the, Rogue what you take you get rid of Rogue One, the Star Wars universe isn't affected. Yeah. But it's still our favourite Star Wars film or my favourite and one of your favourites. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Infinity War is not even my favourite MCU film and it is right at the pinnacle of the MCU. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it has um, to be so Rogue for One. Me, yeah, I think Rogue One is our winner. It just sucks that it comes down to this. The only oh, wow. good news is... Oh, there's good I'm news. Look, I'm looking at like the second round brackets that are being created, and they don't seem as painful. Well, that's good. Glad we got the painful ones out in round one, and now it's... Yeah, we've, we've still got some real shitters coming up, don't you worry. <laughs> Um, yeah, that that X Men Origin one's gonna be really difficult. Um, <laughs> but that is it from us this week. Rogue yes. One lives to fight another day, and we say goodbye to Infinity War. Mm. This week, will uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I'm so excited. I think we're going Sunday. I will be going at some point. I'm also seeing Oppenheimer. So we can we can have a little Oppenheimer chat next week, we as well as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles chat next week. It's gonna be a good week. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. <laughs> if they bust that back out, I I might. I so if hope they give it's us like, some, like modern remix version. Of I it. I hope. Well, there's obviously going to be some, like, new version of it. I hope there's, like, a splinter has, like, an old tape that's, like, the old theme zone. They're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is some old boomer shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited. Yeah. So am I. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll catch you next week. Yeah. Goodbye. See you next week.